I didn't care so much what was around me, like mostly. And some people kind of do, but in that time I didn't so much, you know. For example, in that neighborhood, this is real, in that neighborhood was, for example, sometimes was gun violence. Hi, Shlomo Salson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any adversity in your life. Whether it is mental health challenges like depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or problems in your relationships at home, you're getting bullied, you have confidence issues, whatever it is, I interview people from all around the world who have gone through these challenges and how you can too. If you haven't done so, click in the link in the description and download my free ebook called The 52 Tips I Wish I Knew When I Was in High School. And I go over tips I have learned over the past 28 years of my life. And I talk about career tips, financial tips, relationship tips, tips on how to become more confident. Whatever it is, download it. It's only like a 30 minute read, it's a 20 page ebook, and it can change your life. If you have a friend, a family member, or a classmate who's in this funk, can't seem to get out of it, go ahead, refer them, or share with them the Teenage Impact Podcast because it's the best podcast out there for any teenage kid to listen to to overcome struggles. Today's podcast guest is Luis Quintero. Luis was born and raised in Venezuela in rough neighborhoods where there was a lot of gun violence. There was a lot of drugs, but he didn't pay attention to that. He followed his passion for music, and now he produces music for games, which has had over 10 million app installs. He has a YouTube channel where he displays his music with over a million views, and he has over 100,000 Spotify downloads. So give it up for Luis Quintero as he's going to talk about how to escape the negativity from your rough neighborhoods in whatever country you're living in to follow your passion. Hey, Luis, man. How's it going, brother? Where are you, Shalomo? Everything's super great. <laughs> we have Lewis from Venezuela tuning in. And Lewis is actually an inspiration. I saw uh, a couple of his Instagram and uh, LinkedIn posts where he does like a 10-year a timeline from 2010 to 2019 and how far he's come. He's, you know, grew up in a rough neighborhood in uh, Venezuela. But uh, Lewis, I, I want you to tell your story and how you grew up um, in your neighborhood in Venezuela. So yeah, uh, as you saw on, on, on the post, or for the people that have sang or not, uh, I grew up in a place called Trujillo, Venezuela, from Venezuela, which is a, a very small, you know, kind of state, very small state, and very, very small, and in, in a very small, small town, in a very small neighborhood. So it was very, you know, like, very small, everything. And, you know, I grew up there, you know, with my family. I think, you know, back in the day, my family didn't have so much financial support. So, you know, I eventually grew up. I really wanted to, my, my music journey started with, you know, since very early. You know, I really wanted to actually be like a musician or something related to music. I didn't know what, but something related, you know. I didn't know if I really wanted to be a rock and roll star a rapper, you know, something like that. But I really wanted to do some things. I wanted to do one. What age is this? Yeah, I think five, you know, I oh, like wow. very Super early. early. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So at five, at five, seven, 
I really wanted to one, play the guitar or play the piano. And in that times, you know, my family didn't have the, you know, financial stability for, you know, buying those instruments. So I was a little bit disappointed. And, but I started to play the cuatro, which is a Venezuelan instrument. It's like the ukulele. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know what? You know the Yes, I know. I know a couple of people that used to play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like that. And, you know, I started playing it and it was very fun. You know, I played like from seven to nine, something like that. Uh -huh. But I didn't like it. You know, I, you know, I truly preferred to actually play like a guitar. You know, I really wanted to actually play this small instrument. I really wanted to play a guitar, something amazing, you know, something that you like to hear, something that you can play, I don't know, some Beatles songs. Uh -huh. I, I think you can actually play, you know, the cuatro, in the cuatro uh beautiful songs but you know it's not the same or i wanted to play the piano you know but piano and guitars were super expensive for my family uh -huh. for my mom and, and and my family so i was kind of disappointed I didn't, I didn't like school i didn't like you know like the the music school specifically because school was normal you know it was very good student with very good grades um, but music school, I didn't know why I didn't like it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I especially, yeah, especially music school, which is crazy. I didn't like it because, you know, I maybe because the cuatro, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. So then, you know, I stopped playing the cuatro because, you know, I wanted to play guitar or a piano. So what we do, you know, my, my brother was in a kind of band or something like that. In, he was in the university at that time my brother is like nine years older than me uh -huh. so you know he was in the university and he met a friend which is which was in like a electronic music group something like that so he didn't make the music but he actually you know kind of gave feedback to the to the group so it was like this kind of group with electronic music and things like that so my brother really liked electronic music so, you know, I started to actually investigate a little bit more about electronic music. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm like nine years old, you know? And, I ha and also in that time, I didn't have computers. You know, the only computer that was in my home was the one that my brother used for, you know, for his university and things like that. And it was a very simple computer. Mm -hmm. So then uh, I'm actually telling you that they're like the really real story. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. Then, uh, yeah. So then, um, like my bro my brother was in that project. So you know, I was in a in a you know kind of investigating kind of mood. You know, because I truly like this electronic music mood and electronic electronic music music. And you know, I started to investigate more about music. And you know, meanwhile, I'm investigating. I found an artist. Well, he liked this artist. You know, he presented to me. Uh -huh. But basically, when I say, you know, I, this is the greatest thing ever. And it was Daft Punk. You probably know them. So Daft Punk with, you know, one more time, you know, that kind I of song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that music, you know, was amazing because it was kind of repetitive. It was kind of electronic, but also have like real instruments. And, you know, it was really great. You know, it was super, super amazing. So, oh my goodness. And this is real music do they play the instruments and 
not necessarily, you know, this is, this is made in a computer. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. And then my brother presented to me like Tiesto, which is widely known DJ. And Armin Van Buren, also a very awesome DJ. And I really wanted to actually be a DJ at that time. And, you know, I started producing music. Mostly because my brother had this this kind of path too. You know, he was, you know, given the feedback of an uh, electronic music producer. So, because he also consumed you, a lot of electronic music. You're not 5'6 yeah, at this time. You're not 5'6 at this time, are you? You're... No, I, I, yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing. I was like 910. 910. So you're nine, like, ten, you knew you wanted to yeah, do music at a, you knew you wanted to do music at a very early age at like five, six, playing yeah. the instruments. And then, yeah. but just didn't know why you hated music school. You didn't know why, but, and then your brother introduced you to a different type of music. You're playing it. Now, what about the neighborhoods you're living in in Venezuela? How is that like? Oh, that is, that is a crazy thing. You know, I truly feel like, you know, with the time, you know, I was so much focused on my thing that that truly didn't affect me so much, you know, okay. kind of like I didn't care so much what was around me, like mostly. And some people kind of do, but in that time I didn't so much, you know, for example, in that neighborhood, this is real. In that neighborhood was, for example, sometimes was gun violence, which is crazy. You know, it was like the most dangerous neighborhood of, Trujillo, I mean, I'm not super, I'm not saying, I'm not exaggerating, but it was like when I, when I spoke to some friends or some people that I lived in that, they like, oh my goodness, so that is quite dangerous. Uh-huh. So, but in my case, I did, you know, I did for myself, you know, it's like, I didn't care so much, you know, <laughs> I, I truly didn't care. But it was crazy because, you know, uh, almost all the years, you know, it was like gun violence, someone kill each other or, or something like that. So it was a little bit crazy. And with drugs too, you know, there's like, there was a place very narrowly to to, to the house that I was living and that sold, that was selling drugs, you know, and it was surrounded by this kind of thing. And, you know, that and that kind of neighborhoods are kind of very, you know, kind of negative people without, you know, judging them or something like that, but, you know, kind of negative vibe, pessimism and things like that, you know, that I, I was, was like, you know, I didn't care about that, you know, I always, lo- I was loved to actually be super positive and things like that. But, you know, I did, I did know that, you know, that was not the greatest path to success, you know, like was a lot of negativity, was a, a lot of pessimism, a lot of, drugs in my case i didn't see or touch anything like that but it was in the surroundings and people that with guns and things like that so it was crazy and since that you know i truly just focus on myself mostly but i think that that was the question right you know sometimes sometimes we're involved and sometimes we try to avoid as much as possible was there ever a time where um one of your friends try to get you involved yeah. in drugs or alcohol or whatever that's going on. Or they knew that, Hey, Lewis is focused on music. And so I'm going to leave him alone. Crazy stuff. That's a, that's a very beautiful question because, you know, I, in my case, 
people that were, were surrounding me, you know, didn't almost know nothing about what, what I was doing, you know. Really? For example, okay. I stopped playing the cuatro and yeah, and you know, people like, for example, friends from the college, from not college, but for, from high school, didn't knew that I was making music, was producing music. You know, they didn't know anything because for sure I did it, I did keep it in secret until I was like 18, you know, like a lot of years in secret. And so this thing, well, first I want to answer that question about if there was like a involvement or something like that. I don't think that it was something like that, but, you know, I was for sure, you know, one of that kind of teenage, teenagers like was in parties, but it was considered normal to drink even in a, in a young age. Yeah. So, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And, you know, I was in very few parties, you know, like in my teenage age, like I'm, I'm for sure, I'm still 18, but you know, you know, it, you know, like from 50, for 14 to 15, you know, I was in parties, but I didn't like it so much. You know, I, I preferred to be in my, in my studio producing music and things like that. So, yeah. And I was, I was going to say is that, you know, a lot of people didn't know that I was making music. You know, imagine, just imagine, man, and. Uh, a Spanish country, you know, that listen to salsa, reggaeton, which is very Latin things, will not appreciate so much, you know, like a people, like a person that is making electronic music that is listening in Germany, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I truly kept that in secret for a long time because, you know, I knew that people will, will not appreciate it so much as I do. but. Also, my friends didn't know anything that I was a producer. And, and you know, crazy enough, I, I did continue being, like, producing secretly until 18, which, like, until last year that I did, like, a face reveal and things like that. I started with my personal brand when I turned 18. And people didn't know. And then when people did know, wow, my goodness, I didn't know that you have one million views on YouTube. I didn't know. Yeah, so it was crazy. So, yeah, so it was crazy. But it How was good. How did, you get involved, how did you get involved with creating your own YouTube channel, being behind the scenes, producing music for games? That's a great, great question. I, man, you're an amazing interviewer. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, well, you're my 48th, 47th so, interview, so. <laughs> I started, well, first, I, you know, people sometimes think that it was like, you know, it's like your, your, your thing in your post in the background. It's like work. Hard. I don't know what it says in the in the middle, but work hard. And you know, sometimes people say think that it is an overnight success. Like you do something only once, and you will have everything. You know. Mm-hmm. But I actually started making music when I was like ten years old, nine, ten, and I started with a artist called with an artist name called Hantrek, which was trance music. So I did get involved by my brother. You know, like. He liked electronic music, so I started producing electronic music. He gave me feedback. He was a lot of, you know, supportive person. But then, answering your question, how did I start with music for games? You know, like in, four, in 2014, I was like 30, 13 years old. And, you know, I did, I did get tired of making trance music. Like, I didn't know how to grow more. You know, I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know anything now, but, you know, like, was was a little bit boring to actually make the same genre, trance music and trance music, trance music. 
So I started, so my brother and I, you know, we decided to actually make a group of video game music. So here, for example, he, he told me some ideas like, oh, do you like Mega Man music? And for sure, man, you know, I was like, in, in my childhood, I, was, I love Mega Man. And I love this type of music. I love him. So I just say, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it sounds great. But before, and then we started Byton Landscape, which is the YouTube channel with over 1 million views. You know, the music is, you know, used, used by Big Bro Jack and big YouTubers with over even 3 million subscribers. And, but that is how it started, you know. But before that, we actually, or I actually test and try different styles of music. For example, I made electro house, I make disco house and things like that, you know, just to find my style. And, you know, that's how I started, you know, I didn't start, I didn't start making music for games directly, but mostly for gamers. That is the very beautiful thing that I think it's the difference, you know, I didn't make, start music, started producing and composing music for games, but for gamers and gotcha. develop an audience yeah, and develop an audience uh, and through that. Because in the end, you know, game devs are gamers, you know. Uh-huh. But I didn't knew, I didn't knew that it was wanted to make music for games. I just literally just love game music. So it was wow. kind of crazy. So it was just like a yeah. coincidence. Yeah, man, it, it is uh-huh. really crazy. You produce music for games and those games got downloaded 10 million times, correct? What were some of those games? Yeah, so for example, the one that has over 10 million installs is called Pixel Car Racer, which is a game about racing, for sure, and okay. pixel art. So, you know, it was pretty tremendous. So what was the question? How was that made or, or what? What g- games is your music on right now? Yeah, yeah, right now. So in Pixel Car Racer, that is like the biggest one, like okay. the biggest one, because it was like a truly great and truly big game at that time, and it's, it's still one of the biggest game of pixel art with um, with about cars, you know, racing and pixel art was kind of crazy in that time, and be, and pixel car racer, you know, did launch a really great game with our music or with my music, which is uh, from Byton Landscape. So that is one. Second one is Drift Clash, which is also a racing game. I don't know people. Like to like to put my music in racing games. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what Drift Clash, which is a drift racing game, but in 3D, like with low uh-huh. poly and things like that. But it's really good, and it's made by AP Polish, so they're also really good. And the third one is also Smashy Drift, which is also made by AP Polish. The first one, the pixel character, is made by Studio Furukawa from Hawaii, uh-huh. and I don't know from where is. AP Publish, but they are very big too. So, Smashy Drift, you know, also one of that has like 1 million installs. Gotcha. So, and Smash has like 3 million installs, and Smashy Drift has like 1 million installs. Right now, Pixel Character has like, I don't know, maybe 16, 6 million installs, but at, at one time, they had over 10 million installs. So, that is the thing. And besides of that, I think that, that are the mostly the biggest one. There's also a game that that is like Guitar Hero, you know that game. And what age did you produce those music um, for that? Oh yeah, what age? I was 15. 
15. But did you produce um, music for a lot of small games before you got those big opportunities? Or was it just like a, you, you made music for one game and then it blew up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I didn't plan to be a game composer. Yeah. You know? I just wanted to do music that was like kind of game because uh -huh. I really loved it. So it was crazy, you know. And then it turned out that, you know, People wanted me to actually compose the music for the game. I didn't, you know, I truth being honestly didn't think that, oh, yeah, I really want to actually make music for a Nintendo game or something like that. I didn't knew that. I just wanted to actually make Bison Landscape, a virtual band, which, which is crazy. And I, I did want only to actually publish music or release music that is kind of gaming. Like, for example, there's like, there's Monster Cat, you know, Monster Cat or Sounds Familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was like Monster Cat, there was like Porter Robinson, there's like, there's like uh, Marion and Daft Punk and things and very artists like that. So I really wanted just to be an artist with Python landscape. But then it results that people also liked my music game. So I started composing music because it was really good and I love game music. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that I will, I will wanted to become a game composer. Mm -hmm. But at the end, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome, you know? And I didn't know that it, I wanted this. Yeah. And, but yeah, it was like a pretty crazy thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you got it, but it was now, crazy. Are you a gamer yourself? Uh, well, not like right now, like I'm playing, but I was very, very gaming oh, okay. child. So... <laughs> It would yeah, have been interesting. Like, it would have been very interesting if you weren't a gamer, and you're producing great gaming music. <laughs> yeah. Well, in in my childhood, yeah, I did, I did love to play video games like Mega Man, uh -huh. Marvel vs. Capcom, fighting games, Tekken, uh -huh. uh, Mario Bros., Kirby, etc. Zelda. Uh -huh. And you and you said you suffer from anxiety and depression. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, I think I didn't knew that I was, like, anxious or depressed. Maybe not anxious, but mostly, like, depressed. I didn't knew that I was, like, depressed at that time. So, for example, what I mean by that is, like, it's like when people, I, there's, like, this image that is a fish in a, like, a, I don't know, in a fish vegetable. I don't know how that, like, a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, like, a fish in a bowl. And I don't know how is the English word, but let's say that it's a bowl. It's a fish in a bowl with water. So the fish doesn't know that it's in water. Then when you zoom out the image, it's like the fish is in water, you know? So you can actually tell. So what I mean by that is like, I didn't knew that I was depressed at that time, you know? But, you know, seeing from, the, seeing from now to the past, I was a little bit depressed because, you know, for example, I have friends that were in their high school and things like that, but I didn't show my music and, you know, I didn't show myself like I was, you know? So I was like kind of depressed because I was like um, not showing myself, like my true self with my music because I was afraid of what the people will think about it, you know? So it's like just hiding yourself and be depressed, just making music, you alone and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, not, not being out with your music and not letting people know you because it, 
you know, people didn't know that I was making music. So that was a little bit crazy. And I started to make this personal brand thing like in less than a year ago. And a lot of people support me, and a lot of people love me, and that's great. But before that, I didn't want to actually show and tell the people that I was making music. So that was a little bit crazy. So that's why I think I was depressed. And mostly there was a time when I was 15 where I, you know, never didn't feel so much great, you know. So for example, there was a time like in, in when I was 15 when I, I don't know, I was, I was out of Venezuela for a time you know, I was in Peru and crazy enough, you know, I didn't, I did, I didn't have any connection, you know, all my friends were in Venezuela, all the people in my family were in Venezuela. So I were, you know, truly alone in that day, you know, I truly were only with my brother, but my brother, you know, also, you know, have a real friend. So I was spending my time, like mostly, almost all the time alone, man. So it was truly great. That, I think that was like kind of awakening for me later on. But that was very crazy, you know, because I was very, very alone, kind of depressed because I didn't know how to, you know, how to communicate myself in that country because for sure it's like another country and you have to kind of fit in. But I didn't know I didn't fit in. And, you know, my early life was, was almost like that, you know, I did like electronic music, but people like reggaeton, people like, Salsa, people like uh, other, other other stuff, and you know, I I felt that I didn't fit. You know, instead of not doing anything, you know, I started making music, and you know, from that, you know, I I was discovering myself. You know, so I think that's why I feel that I was kind of depressed, but eventually everything turned out that I really wanted to actually be me and in front of anyone, and make music and feel great about the music that I'm doing and make music for games. And yeah, I think that's, that's the answer. I don't know yeah. if I actually answered it, but so that's kind of. Why'd you move from Venezuela to Peru? Yeah, that's a great question. Right now, I'm, I'm in Venezuela right now. Okay. Are you in the same I, neighborhood or different neighborhood? No, no, <laughs> no, I'm in Caracas. Okay. I'm in district capital district capital of Venezuela okay. and in Trujillo it's not like it's not even the district it is not like a great city even like mm -hmm. it is not, you know it's like a very small city mm -hmm. so I was like in Peru because of the same economical situation of the country of Venezuela you know at that time it was very very crazy the situation of Venezuela like was like you know the people here Right now it's even a little bit crazier. So the people here was earning like, I don't know, like, I don't know if even 10 bucks a month for our work, you know, for working. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy. So I moved out when I was 15 because I, re I really wanted to actually be in other country. But then I lost my friends. I didn't know how to speak to people. So it was like kind of crazy and, but yeah, it was mostly because of the same thing of the country, you know, for the mm. political situation. And so you got out of your state, uh, whether you want to call it depression or you're just sad temporarily, you got out of the state after you started being your true self and you didn't have to hide anymore. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. Now what, you know, you, you were raised in a very rough neighborhood and um, a lot of people 
are raised in a rough neighborhood. They can't control their situation, um, especially when growing up. How can they get out of that situation to pursue their passion? Well, that is great. That is a crazy question. I will tell. I will say what I did. So, so first, I think you know. I think spending time alone is super important. Why? I mean, not spending time alone, like isolating yourself from the world. But that's what what happened to me. And I feel like when I was 15, you know, I did isolate myself from the people. But then I surely and slowly discovered myself, you know. And it was like this. I don't know if I can tell it spiritual awakening or something like that. But you know, it was kind of that. You know, it was like, you know, I was knowing myself. I was alone, but I was like kind of growing and discovering myself. So I think the first thing that people can do are teenagers that I think that a lot of people go through this is like first spend time with yourself. I mean, first know yourself. First time, spend time of knowing yourself and what do you like? What is the thing that causes you pain? What is the thing that you want? What is the thing that I, you always love to do? And, you know, first know yourself. First invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't try to change like other people, like the exterior, but change first yourself, first yourself. And then later on, you will discover that this state can go on if you start loving yourself and knowing yourself, because how can you love yourself if you, if you don't you know, discover who you are? So I think that is the most important thing, first discover yourself. And second, you know, I think that is the most important, being self-aware, I mean, that is the most important thing, I think discover yourself, discover your purpose in life and set goals, have like have friends. But even that kind of things, you know, come come before come after discovering yourself and discovering what you like, what what you really want and what you really, really are passionate about. That's very true. Self awareness is key. And you know, I've interviewed a lot of people and a lot of them say very similar things. And the only way to actually find out what you're good at or what you like to do is to actually do things and take action. Like for you, you didn't know you liked yeah. uh, gaming for music for gamers, um, but you started at five years old, 10 years yeah. later, nine years later of like playing and experimenting, you found that passion. Uh, most people just want the passion right yeah. away. Um, and they think too much in their head <laughs> and what they want to do, but they don't actually take forth it. I actually went yeah. through a lot of, uh, just like you, a little bit ex- experimentation. I went from public speaking guy where I teach people public speaking to purpose, creative yeah. impact to teenage impact. So it's an evolution. It's definitely an evolution. Do you have any last tips for um, any other struggling teenager that's 15, 16, 17 years old? that's um, experiencing hardship right now? Um, yeah, take full response. That, that came to my mind. Take full responsibility of yourself, of your life. You know, don't try to, you know, you know make, say that your parents have the fault or, or, or blaming your environment or blaming your parents or blaming anyone else for your success because if if you're doing that man you will never be successful or you can be but like it will not last long because you know you didn't create that success something else created so i think that is the thing take full responsibility and you know stop blaming anyone and take full responsibility of your life and of what you experience it 
in it. Absolutely. That's a great advice, man. Thank you, Lewis. And where can people find your phenomenal work? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So, and yes, people can find me on Instagram at Luis Quintero Co. Uh -huh. And Twitter at Luis Quintero Co. You can find me also on LinkedIn, Luis Quintero Co. Just search, just search me wherever. I am everywhere. <laughs> and even on TikTok at Luis Quintero Co. And yeah, my website, Luis Quintero Co. No, Luis Quintero Co. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Great, man. Uh, I really do appreciate you. Um, you know, I think you doing great work and you're actually doing what you love to do. So it's, it's very easy for you and hope, hope people found value just by listening to this podcast. That's awesome, man. Thanks to you. I really, really, really glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Take care. There's just one thing I want you to get out of this entire interview with Lewis. And that's your passion will evolve over time after you take action. Lewis pursued his passion for music at five, but he didn't realize he wanted to produce music for gamers until the age of 14 or 15 years old. You know, he, he went through a little bit of depression where he wasn't open with his friends and his friends didn't know what he was doing he kind of isolated himself from everyone else. He went to Peru with his brother where he didn't have any relationships with anyone else. So he moved back to Venezuela. The evolution of time of uh, where he went from experimenting to what type of music he wanted to produce took him nine to 10 years. One thing I want you to get out of this is that pursue whatever you want to pursue and don't think things will just work out immediately. And don't just give up because things don't work out after one, two years, three years, four years. It takes a long time. But after, over time, your purpose um, evolves and your passion evolves until finally you find something that's going to be one big hit and that you're going to love and that it's just going to seem very easy for you to pursue because you love that one thing. If you're not following my Instagram right now, go ahead and follow it. It's at Shlomo Salson. And right there, you're going to see my personal side to Shlomo Salson. I share a lot of things that I find very inspirational, very positive. I share short clips of my interviews and I share my personal side. So go ahead, follow me at Shlomo Salson on my Instagram. It's going to be in the description. And until next time, peace.